Welcome to Crossroad Church's Sermon of the Week podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Bob Ellis. Welcome to Crossroads Church. Glad you could join us in person or online. Today we're going to be starting a new series about God's love. And I'm going to start in John chapter 3. So if you want to follow along uh, where you are today in John chapter 3. It's a little lengthier of a passage, but of all the passages in the Bible, and, and the Bible is full of passages that continue to demonstrate and show how good God is and how much love He has for His people, John 3 seems to be the best starting place for this series. It's, it would be the most popular verse that is known throughout the world. It would it'd be the verse that would talk about God's love. But the backstory of this story of God's love uh, comes pretty interesting. In fact, you're going to see in this passage that, uh, that God's love sometimes can be tough. And so we're going to start in, in John chapter 3, verse 1. The Bible says there was a man named Nicodemus. He was a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. And after, a, after, the, after one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus? How can an old man go back in his mother's womb and be born again? And so this is how the story starts off, is is there's a man who has been trained in the Old Testament. He would have more than likely had the whole uh, books of the law, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy memorized. Nicodemus would have been um, someone who was familiar with, with what it meant to do right and the laws of God and, and how to not get on God's bad side. That's how he would have probably viewed it. And, and it says that he approaches Jesus at evening because there was a lot of controversy around Jesus' teaching. For those who were in, in the groups of the Pharisees or even in the other group, the Sadducees, they would have... They would have Notice that that Jesus is is gathering a crowd. Every time he preaches, there's something special about the way he is received by the people. In fact, he's becoming more popular than they are. And people are turned, the average person was turning to Jesus and really turning away from the traditional church. Uh, If you could, if you look at it kind of in our perspective now. And, And so Nicodemus goes at night. Uh, partly for fear of the other Pharisees who would have, would have judged him for, uh, for being seen with Jesus. He also didn't want to ruin his own reputation uh, for someone who's seeking out, someone who's untrained as supposedly Jesus was. And so the scripture says that he goes one evening to meet with him and he says, Rabbi, we all know that, that God has sent you to teach us. Well, Anytime you use an, an exclamation or a, uh, some kind of a phrase that uses, oh, everybody believes this, or we all think that, you know that that's an exaggeration. Nicodemus himself knew that not everyone knew that he was from God, meaning Jesus was sent from God. In fact, they thought he was a heretic uh, who was just stealing their thunder. But, but he does mention something pretty interesting. He says, Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. That was the one thing that they couldn't debunk. That was the one thing they had the hardest time undoing was not only did Jesus have a charisma, did he have a following, people wanted to be around him, but they they didn't know how to undo the fact that he had healed. 
He had set people free from demonic possession. He had, he had been there to give counsel. He had forgiven sins. And, and so as they're, as they're there, as, as Nicodemus is there that night and he's talking to him, he says, we, we can't deny that you have this miraculous power sent by God. And he says to him, he says, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. So Nicodemus is bragging on him. He said, Jesus, we all know that, that you're sent from God. All these miracles God's been doing through you. And Jesus just cuts him short. He doesn't need to hear all the accolades. He knows who he is. He's comfortable with what he has come to do. But Nicodemus doesn't understand what he came for. And so he cuts him off. And so in mid-sentence, in, in mid-shout of how great you are, Jesus, he says, Here, I want you to hear something. I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. And so this perplexes Nicodemus, and we're going to keep reading a little further on, but what I want you to see about this, this love of God, and we do know that, that God is going to, uh, to reveal himself uh, to Nicodemus through this encounter. And it's going to go with him the rest of his life. In fact, he will be there the day Jesus is crucified and carry his body to the grave. Because this meeting makes such an impact on Nicodemus. But when you and I have conversations with people and someone cuts us off, we're like, oh, that guy's rude. Oh, they always have to say what they're thinking. Or, or maybe we just form an opinion based off of the fact that they cut us off when we had something really important to say. Jesus cuts him off from bragging on himself. And, and, and so Jesus just goes straight to the heart of the matter. He says, Nicodemus, if you don't get this, you're not going to see the kingdom of God. You're not going to under, if you don't understand what I'm getting ready to say to you, you're going to miss it. And his words were, I tell you the truth. I don't know that Nicodemus was telling Jesus the truth. He, he knew that not everybody cared about him. In fact, the Pharisees didn't care. The people did. They cared about Jesus. But Nicodemus wasn't totally honest. And if he had been totally honest, he wouldn't have been traveling to meet Jesus at night. But Jesus says, I will tell you the truth. Which to me is, is, is almost this, it's the implication here is, you came to see me, but you're not really honest about why you came to see me. You came to see me because there's doubts. You, you don't quite understand what you've been following your whole life. There's something about God that you don't understand. And he says, but I'm going to tell you the truth, Nicodemus. Unless you're born again, you're never going to get into heaven. You're never going to experience the kingdom of God. And, and, and here's how we know that, that Nicodemus is then is caught up by this question. He says, what do you mean? How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Nicodemus is confused. He understood the Old Testament, but there was something he was missing, and I think he knew there was something he was missing, and Jesus knew that there was something he was missing. And so Jesus gives him this quite confusing word where he says, you've got to change, Nicodemus. Something has to change in you. And, and well, let's just be honest. You have to be born again. And Nicodemus is like, how can I be born again? It, it didn't fit in his, his understanding. He, his training didn't lead him to understand what Jesus meant by that. 
And Jesus goes on to explain, and it's really where we start to understand the love of God. He says, I assure you that no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water in the spirit. Humans can reproduce only human spirit. Or, or, I'm sorry, humans can only reproduce human life, and the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants, just as you hear the wind, but you can't tell where it comes from or where it is going, so you can't explain how people are born by the Spirit. And Nicodemus is fascinated. He says, how is this possible? How is this possible that, that someone could be be, had the spiritual birth. And Jesus says, humans know how, and we figured out how to have human birth. And, and, and with that comes a certain amount of human love. But God's getting ready to, to pour out on, on, on Nicodemus this wealth of information that there's something more. It's spiritual life. And with that comes a certain kind of spiritual love that God displays for his people. And so he asked Jesus, what's this about? And he said, you're a respected teacher, Nicodemus. Once again, here's this this where it feels like it might be rude, but it could also be this tough love. He says, you're a respected Jewish teacher, and you don't understand what I'm talking about? You don't understand these things? If, if someone were to come to you and say, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't understand. Let me educate you. If, if that were to happen to you and I, sometimes we, we well, I don't know how you are, but it could be offensive. We could take that offensive if someone said, you don't know what you're talking about. But Jesus, in this tough love, he, he cuts him off when he's really wasting his time. He's not really truthful. And Jesus says, well, let me tell you the truth. And now he cuts him off again when he admits that he doesn't know what's going on. And he says, how is it that, that you're respected in the teachings of the Old Testament and you don't understand this? How could you have spent your whole life and not understood this? He says, I assure you, in verse 11, I assure you, we tell you what you know and what have, we have seen, and you won't believe our testimony. But if you don't believe me when I tell you about earthly things, how can you possibly believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ever gone to heaven and returned, but the Son of Man has come down from heaven. And as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on the pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. Now, now, Jesus is referring to a story in the Old Testament. We're not going to get into that. But, but Nicodemus understood that context. And I would encourage you to look that up in Numbers chapter 21. Read that story. Because that story makes sense to Nicodemus when Jesus is put up on the cross. This, this encounter that he has with Jesus uh, this night, uh, he goes and he sees him and he asks him these questions in the dark because he's afraid that people are going to understand that he really doesn't know what he's talking about. Make sense later on. Verse 16, and this is, this is where this has all been building. He says, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. See, all Nicodemus knew about the Old Testament was the judgment of God. He understood that, that the people of Israel had sinned and they were sent into exile. They, were, they, were, they served kings of, of the Babylonians, the Syrians, and now the Romans ruled them. They were, they were accustomed to experiencing the judgment of God. Yet yeah, they didn't understand the love of God. 
And so Jesus says, the reason I came was to share with you the love of God. Nicodemus didn't understand this. This was new to him. And maybe for some of you today who are hearing these words out of John chapter 3, you're thinking, I don't feel like God could love me. And even in this passage, he's a little tough on Nicodemus. He's like, you should have known that. Well, let me speak the truth because it doesn't seem like you are. Um, He starts a little tough, but then he moves in and he says, this is what God has for you. I want you to understand the truth, Nicodemus. God loves you. God loves you. And then he goes on to say, God loves the whole world. In 1 John, so this is John's gospel account. This is a testimony of, of him uh, and the disciples and their experience with, with Jesus. And, and so it's from his vantage point. John later writes some letters to the church, and we have other glimpses about what he perceived and understood to be the love of God based off of his walking with Jesus and the Holy Spirit prompting him. He says, so we have come to know, to come to know and to believe that The love of God has for us, or we've come to believe that the love God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. So we have come to know and believe the love that God has for us. Nicodemus was coming to understand the love of God. He knew the law of God, but he hadn't come to understand the love of God. We know he later does, which is, this is, this is a, one of the stories there. There were people who would come up to Jesus and they would leave because they wouldn't change. They wouldn't want to follow him. But Nicodemus desired to know the truth. The Bible says we can know the truth and it will set us free. And so Nicodemus comes to know that God loved him. But what, what John says here is that God's love needs to be in us. It, it's not something that we, we, we put down on a Valentine's card or... We write a card and we say, I love you. Yeah, it's, that's, that's a way of showing it. But the love God gave to us and wants to demonstrate is it's got to happen in here. It can't be knowledge. All Nicodemus had was knowledge. He had the knowledge of who God was, but he didn't understand the love that God had for people. In another account, 1 John chapter 3, 1, the Bible says, See how very much our Father loves us. For he calls us his children. And that is what we are. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know him. And so John says, we've come to know that God loves us. And, and, and this gives us hope. This gives us encouragement. This is how we live life. We live life differently than everyone else because we just have this confidence that God loves us. I know without a shadow of a doubt that my parents love me. My kids know that I love them. Oh, sometimes I'm tough on them, and sometimes my parents were tough on me. But there is no doubt that I love my kids and my parents loved me. There was no doubt. And, and, and that, that's a confidence that gives security. And I understand that not all families have experienced that and not all kids have experienced that unconditional love. I don't know what Nicodemus' family life was like. I don't know what, what love was like and what his, his family, how it displayed and, and showed um, that they loved him. 
But it's obvious that he didn't understand the love of God. And here in this passage, he is being reminded that there's some things that he yet has to figure out. And maybe you're in that boat. You haven't quite figured out how much God loves you. The Bible says those of us who are children of God, we get it. Now, that's not an arrogant we get it, but that's a we get it because we're his children. The rest of the world doesn't get it because there's, they've not come to believe yet. But this could be the day that they do. This could be the moment that they do. Maybe you have family members that maybe they've heard about God, but they don't know the love of God. They've not experienced his love deep in their hearts. In 1 John chapter 4, John tells another, and he writes this to the church. He says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear involves punishment, and the one who fears is not perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. See, if, if you don't have and haven't experienced the love of God, then fear dominates. Fear, fear and distrust. Nicodemus is there, and he's at night. He's fearing something. He's fearing that other people are going to make fun of him because he doesn't know what he's talking about. Why would he consult a carpenter's son on religious matters? Nicodemus is afraid that he's on the wrong path, or why would, he be, why would he not be seeing Jesus on that night in the first place? There's a certain amount of fear that's, that's moving him. The Bible says perfect love casts out fear. In other words, when you come into relationship with Christ and you love God, and, 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 and maybe sometimes the ladies get this better than the guys. Sometimes we're like, oh, we're tough, and that's, that's a little too much for, for me. Let me tell you something. We were all designed to be loved by God. And, and, and we need to embrace that and understand that. And, if, and, and at this very moment, you, you think about, well, how do I do that? That's just, you know, I'm, I'm not good at that. Maybe I'm not even good at showing my emotions, expressing my emotions. Think about this. God loved you before you ever loved him, before you ever took thought of him. Just like a father and a mother loves their children, we love them, we care for them, and they don't even realize it. You know when the kids realize how much the parents love them? When they have kids of their own. Oh, yes, wouldn't we love for them to get it when they're, when they're, they're little kids and, and then when they're teenagers? And We would love for them to have figured that out, but it's not the process, is it? But later when they do realize it, it makes all the difference. And then they love their kids. Well, the Bible says we love because he loved us first. I'm going to ask it wherever you are, wherever if you're uh, watching with us today online or you're here in person. I want you to ask God. God, help me to understand what I don't understand. What don't I understand about you? Help me to understand your love. Do I really know? how much you love me. Let's pray. God, I, I thank you for the tough love that you showed Nicodemus. You didn't just cut him off in mid-sentence. You didn't just uh, insult him to be insulting him and say that, what kind of a teacher are you? You were leading to a point and moving to a point to let him know how much you love the whole world, how much you love even him. God, to, today as we reflect on, on these words, that you loved us first. 
Lord, I pray that our response would be to love you back, to love you with all of our hearts, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, and we would follow you all the days of our lives. God, I thank you for how you touched Nicodemus' life and that transformed him and he was there at your death and he buried your body. And Lord, when Nicodemus eventually gave up his last breath on this earth, I believe you were the first to meet him. God, I thank you that you never leave us, you never forsake us. Your words to Nicodemus and the disciples and to us to this day remain. And out of Matthew chapter 28 where you said, I am with you to the very end. God, this is love that you first loved us. And maybe if you need to be tough on us, go for it. But help us to experience and understand how much you love us. For we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. For more information about this podcast and other ministries, visit crossroadstx.church. Thank you.